We're in John chapter 12. Um, if you don't have a Bible and would like one, we have some on the back uh, on the back table. Feel free to, to grab one of those. John chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 20. Um, see if we can make some sense of what God is, is speaking to us. Um, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So they came to Philip. Philip was one of the disciples. So they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. That's something I wish I wished more. Verse 22. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of sand, or unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be. Also, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Um, I want to pray again. Let's pray again. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for these people. I thank you for all things, even hard and ugly things. Because you are good and you are holy and you do right. Father, help us to see your goodness and your holiness, your mercy. Help us to see it in your son Jesus and then put that inside of us and allow us to go and be servants of yours in this community where we find ourselves. Guide us now as we seek to hear from your word. Give us direction. In Christ's name, amen. So let's dig into these verses here a little bit. The first couple of verses, 20 through 22, just kind of setting the stage. There are these Greeks who want to know about Jesus, and they go to his disciples. Hey, I know you know about Jesus. Help me out. Let me get some time with him. And response of Christ is from verse 23. And I think these are, these are really, really rich verses that we do well to, to spend a lot of time on. And I think they may even be a bit appropriate for where we find ourselves today. Um. So let's dig into to verse 23. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I want to say a couple of things about these verses first. Here, this is R.C. Sproul, a theologian, who says this. Here in these verses, we see the paradox of the Christian life that Jesus spoke about so often 
we find life in dying to self and following Christ. That's the heart of the Christian message. It's the heart of what Jesus is teaching us here today in these verses. Um, For verse 23 in particular, the ESV study Bible says, In John, Jesus is our here. Verse 23, the hour has come. When Jesus says that in the Gospel of John, he's talking about his death, or his more than just his death, his, his passion from the moment where he's sentenced to death until the moment where he is dead. That's what he's talking about when he says hour. The hour has come. So many other times throughout the Gospel of John, he's talked about his hour. My hour has not yet come. Here, he says, my hour has come. Death is coming to me. And I think the, the interesting part about this, look, look at verse 23 closely. The hour, my death, my passion, my final walk to the cross, my final walk to giving myself over to bad authority and submitting myself to them and dying a death has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I think it's, it's interesting. We are so gripping on our lives that, that we miss the beauty of here. What Jesus just spoke to these people a few days before he dies. My death, my hour, my great eternal punishment, the plan that God had for all time, that those steps towards the cross will end in me being glorified. Read that verse again, understanding what the hour means. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Jesus is not glorified unless his death happens. And glorified, let's define that word a little bit. It's realizing your intended eternal purpose. And what what has to happen for Jesus, our model, to realize his glorification? Not rhetorical. What has to happen for Jesus to be glorified? He has to die. And that's, that is Christianity. That is Christianity big. That is Christianity piercing your heart. Okay, so what does that mean? The death of Christ brings the glorification of Christ. He explains it in verse 24. You want a verse to memorize, you want a verse to meditate on, here's a good one. Especially the last, what, eight words. Verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, let me back up a second because I, I want to get lost in this one particular verse and these a few phrases here, but I want to give us a little big picture here that, and, and understand this is Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, speaking. Don't, don't miss that. Truly, truly, in other words, Jesus is saying, pay attention to what I'm about to say. I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Let's break this one up. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. Here's how 
we tend to treat our lives and our circumstances and stuff around us. This is for me. My job is for me. My wife is for me. My kids are for me. You guys are for me. My health or lack of health is for me. And we're all the same way. I'm standing in front of you as your pastor with a microphone, holding a Bible, confessing to you that left unchecked, everything around me I will use to exhaust on me. And you will do the same thing. But we just heard Jesus say, my death leads to my ultimate purpose. So what is naturally in us is contrary to what will bring us real, true purpose in life. You're really bad at being your own savior. And so am I. Because we're we're really bad because we want everything to exhaust on us. My wife, I love her greatly. She's great at baking stuff, in particular pies. She's been baking pies a lot for me lately. The other day she said, what do you want me to bake for you? I want to bake you a cherry pie. And I was like, that's rooted in her wanting to give herself away to me, to, make, to bring pleasure to me, right? And I said to her, make a small one or find somebody you can give most of it away to. Because the fact of the matter is, if there's a whole pie in my kitchen, I'm going to eat the whole pie. Seriously. And, like, that's, that's funny, and we chuckle. Ha, ha, ha. We're supposed to chuckle at that. But the truth of what that exposes is that everything is about me and for me, and I want to consume it because it makes me happy in this moment. And let me tell you, a cherry pie for my wife makes me really happy in this moment. But it's it's bad for me. Like, I can eat a cherry pie and love it and enjoy every single bite, but when I watch what she puts into that pie, the sugar, the Crisco, the eggs, all of those things, and like in big quantities, I've put all of that into me. Because I'm stupid. And so are you. Everything we want to get for us. We want everything to exhaust on us. Look at the analogy, the illustration that Jesus uses here. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. I like to... My wife had a hard day a couple days ago, and, and Cooper and I were out together, and he said, let's go get mommy some flowers. She needs some flowers. And I thought that was, I love the fact that Cooper decided that was the, the, a great thing to put a smile on mom's face in a hard day. That's great. 
teaching him that stuff doesn't exhaust on him. It's not all his fault. He wants to bring happiness to his mom. But as we bought those flowers and brought them to her, you know what's going to happen to those flowers in a week? Coming to my house, they're probably sitting on my buffet right now, I think. And they're pretty. But in a week, they're going to die. They're going to be gone. No longer will they bring, will the flowers themselves bring happiness to my wife. Because stuff dies. And here, Jesus uses the picture of that illustration. The flower, and it's, the, the, it drops seeds. It, drops, it, it creates, the bees come by, and they pollinate stuff, and then flowers happen. They're not designed to be cut and enjoyed for, it, it's, it's a recyclable process. And that's what, what Christ is, is talking about here. If everything around you if its purpose is to exhaust on you, it will die. If we can see that in a flower, if we can see that in a cherry pie, can we see that in a self, in a soul? The purpose of you taking breaths is not for the next fun thing you're going to get to do. It's just not. And Ultimately, what I think is going to bring me great, wonderful, amazing joy, i.e. a cherry pie, is going to bring to me death. If I just, do we realize, I want want to say this, if, if I acted on every single impulse that I have, every time I get an impulse, if I acted on it, let's, let's take this to a, a long conclusion I would be divorced. Let's be real honest. I would be divorced. I would not get to stand in front of you with a microphone. I would have no income. I would be dead. And Our natural desire is to please ourselves. And what Christ comes to model and to proclaim is something different than that. I was, uh, this week, there was an organization called Plant Midwest that gathers quarterly. And they had their quarterly event. It's Plant Midwest is a bunch of church planters and guys who are interested in church planting and big established churches. They want to help plant churches and just a bunch of pastor guys and people interested in the gospel and communities and church planting together in a room. Every quarter they bring in a guy to speak, then we break up in groups of four, five, or six to pray. And typically they ask us a a question about what's the greatest joy that's going on in your church right now and what's the the greatest hardship that's going on in church right now. We share those things. We pray for one another. It's really really great. Um, This time... I don't, I don't remember the last time they didn't ask us that question to lead us into prayer. This time, they asked us, what is the greatest block to your church reaching the community? And I went to that prayer meeting thinking, okay, here's the thing. I'm gonna hear, they're going to ask us that question. 
And I've got my answers to that one, and it's just like, whoa, now I've got to think. What is our greatest block to reaching our community for the gospel? I said, the greatest block to reaching the community for the gospel is me. And I don't mean Rick Maxidon. The greatest block for each of us reaching our community for the gospel, the greatest block for you reaching you for the gospel is you. Because you're worried about getting joy for yourself right now. But the gospel, Jesus, speaks a different message. That message is to die to yourself. Perhaps the, the greatest... I, I don't... That's... Sometimes I make blanket statements. I don't mean to make a blanket statement. Perhaps one of the greatest things that you can learn to do in the Christian life is to learn what it means to die to yourself. The most effective people that I've ever known for the gospel are people who have figured that out. Two people in particular jump into my mind. One was my youth pastor growing up. His name was Rex Alexander. I, I don't know of any other person that I know of that has mastered death to self more than him. And he's got a country filled with people who have been discipled by him, effectively planting the gospel where they are. And it, it starts with learning to die to yourself. There's, there's very little that I can think of in this moment that's, that, that will make you more happy and more effective than learning how to die to yourself. One of the questions I'm going to ask us to end today is, I'm going to ask you to pray, God, what does it look like for me to die to myself? So I want you to be thinking about that. What does it look like for you to die to yourself? But for now, let's go to verse 25. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I was having lunch last Sunday after church with a a friend of mine. And uh, as it always happens, there's four or five families that are there. And the guys are in one place. We're sitting on a patio and the girls are inside. And so it's three other guys myself sitting on the patio having lunch and they apparently their their story is these three other families and then a couple other families about a year ago maybe two years ago were looking for a church they'd left their church and were looking for another church and so what they'd do is they would the guys would go check out a church and if it looked good they'd bring their wives next week and take a look at stuff they visited here um, i had no idea they were looking didn't even really know this family then when it, when it happened. Um, and he said, we really, really liked it. It was a, you could, that's a, it's a great place. It's a great place. But you guys, we've got teenagers. You guys really don't have a youth group. And so we thought, you know, we, we probably need to keep looking. And in the middle of that conversation, like for the next five minutes, I kind of check out thinking about that. 
Because I want North Church to grow. I want us to be all things to all people. I want, to, I want those things. And I thought to myself, man, you, we got to get a youth ministry. We got to get we got to get somebody in here that can lead students. I sure don't want to do that anymore. Man, who can we get to do that? You're like, you're giggling, but I, I literally said that in, in my head. And like, I, I spent this whole time thinking about it. I'm, I'm chasing, you know what, there's this guy, or maybe we can, we can find somebody that can raise some support and come in and, and lead students and work part-time. You know, it'd be great. I'd, he'd be a, a young guy, and I'd get to disciple that guy, and like, that'd be so great. And it would be. And I'm thinking about all those things. And then I snap back into the conversation after having chased those thoughts. And I'm like, I don't, and here's, this is a, a very thin line I'm walking here. I don't want to give in to consumeristic church members. Like, I'm not here to provide for you. This church is not here to meet your needs. This church is here to prepare you for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. That's Ephesians 4.12, by the way. I didn't just make that up. That's the, the point of why we're here. Now, this, this, the tightrope here is that that doesn't mean that we don't do things like create and build youth ministries to build up students and build up families and all that. That doesn't mean that at all. What that does mean is I don't need to change. We don't need to change who we are to gain people's favor or acceptance of who we are. Because ultimately, youth ministry happens from a dad to a, to a son, from a mom to a son, from a dad to a daughter, from a Rebecca Klein to a Hannah Grace. That's youth ministry. That's what we want to do and what we want to be. We don't want to have our students in a student center around the corner with this great big budget and a dynamic youth. We don't, in lights and yippee. That's not, we want to lead people to Jesus Christ and we want to lead people to die to themselves. And, and like this is, like as I'm writing this sermon this week and, and, and writing this thought that I'm crafting here, it's something that is confusing to me and I don't know where to, to, to land and I don't know to, where to, to lead us and guide us to because there's, there's truth on both sides and it's confusing, but here we are together trying to figure out what it looks like to be North Church, planting the gospel in North County, living life together, seeking Jesus Christ, and seeking to die to ourselves as Christ died to himself. I don't know what it looks like. I know that that's our call. So the prayer question remains, what does it look like for you to die to yourself? And just because I have a microphone doesn't mean I have the answer for you. But the Holy Spirit does. And he wants to give it to you. Whoever loves his life loses it. Let's dig a little bit more into this verse. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What does that mean to hate your life? I think of like... 
a goth kid. Like, is that what we're supposed to be? We're supposed to all wear black and get, like, Grim Reaper tattoos? No. In this context, to hate your life is to look at the natural being of who you are and hate the sin that comes from you. I prayed up here a bit ago about the city of Ferguson, and I, I prayed and I confessed my racism. There is racism in me. There's racism at the core of this. Here, here, here's the perception. I'll just be honest and articulate what's in most of everybody's head. The, the powerful white cop shot the poor black kid. Or the scared white cop shot the thug black kid. Somewhere in the middle of that is maybe some sort of truth. At the heart of that is racism, and it's in you and it's in me, and it's in everybody that's gathered at the Ferguson police station right now. One of those two pictures is the reality that's in the heart of man. The power-hungry white cop shot the poor black kid or the scared white cop shot the thug black kid. Somewhere is what we believe honestly. To hate yourself is to hate that sin that's there and to throw yourself on the mercy of God. To give in to that self is to bring death to yourself. To cling to your life, to cling to who you are, to not allow the gospel to penetrate the brokenness of your heart is to bring death to yourself. Let's read that again in in this perspective. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus. Like the life of Jesus is a perfect example for us. Jesus goes to the cross willingly to die for your sin. So that you might have life. And he ends this discussion in verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Jesus is saying, die to yourself as I'm about to die to myself. Jesus died a very literal, gruesome, grotesque, tortured death. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. I have a list of things that I've written down over here. Um, Opportunities for us that are very present here. These are things that we need as a church. We need more people to work with kids. Do you work with kids? If you do, great. You're learning to die to yourself. If you don't, we need you. We need community group leaders. 
some of our community groups are getting too big and we need to split them. We need community group leaders. If you're not a community group leader and you think God might have gifted you to be one, we need you. Dying to yourself. We need hosts for community groups. We need people to set up up here. Do you guys know that Rick Allen and Ben Hammond and, and a few others occasionally set up here? They, what time do you get here on Sunday mornings? Eight o'clock. And then Ben goes back home to help Stephanie get the kids ready for school. Like two plus years, probably even more than that. We need help. Ben needs your help. Come up here. Set chairs up. Set sound up. We need your help. Die to yourself. Life is found in dying to yourself. And it doesn't have to be some, I'm, I'm laying these very specific things. It doesn't have to be some, some grand crucifixion. Maybe it just means 30 minutes less of sleep on Sunday mornings. And you don't really have to be gifted to come and set a chair up. Can you look, look down at your feet? You see those lines? Can you follow that line all the way across? Can you put the toes of a chair along those lines? You're qualified. <laughs> Jeff will be happy to help to train you. Absolutely. If you can't follow a line and put the toes of a chair on a line, we'll be happy to train you. We need your help. Um... Every morning, every Sunday morning at 9.30, we pray back there. We need your help. One of the things that, this is, I'm, I think I might poke a stick in your eye here. One of the things that breaks my heart many times, most of the time, it's me and Jeff and Dave and Kelly. Please come pray with us. Die to yourself. Please come pray with us. Um, I Heart North County needs your help. Teardown needs your help. Music needs your help. Finances need your help. Men's ministry needs your help. Even if that means just showing up. Women's ministry needs your help. Discipling kids needs your help. We had some girls kind of growing up and moving into 6th, 7th, 8th grade. People come alongside and disciple them. Now we've got some boys. They need discipleship. I've been praying for several of you, specifically by name, that you would come alongside some of our 11, 12-year-old boys. Disciple them. We need your help. Serve the kingdom. Die to yourself. Because in that death to self lives life. And in that clinging to self lives death. Discipling adults. We need adults to be discipled. Serving the people of Florissant Presbyterian. Maybe once every couple of months, somebody over there will come to me and say, hey, we need, we need help to come set something up on a Saturday. Can you get some guys to come up and help? Or following a, a service for us on a Sunday. You, you've been here before. Where we're scattering around trying to pay attention to the chart that they've made and get the right amount of chairs and tables and all that stuff. Serving floors and Presbyterian is a chance for us. There's so many other ways that we can serve. Serving your, your school. There's a, there's a school in your neighborhood. I bet you there's a school within three blocks of every one of your houses. And I bet you inside of that school 
is a kid who has never been read to. I bet you there's a kid whose mom works three jobs and desperately wants to raise her kid right, but just doesn't have time or energy. And I bet you the principal at that school can say, can give you the name of that child. And school starts next week. Walk into that school. Say, this is who I am. I want to serve this school. I want, to, I want you to tell me the name of two kids that I can read to, that I can invest in. Why don't you tell me the name of two kids who have a, a single mom who's really struggling to, to do things well and do things right. And then maybe even go to her house and say, I've been reading to your kids. This is who I am. I'll, I'll sit with your kids while you go to Target by yourself. That's what it means to die to yourself. I'm asking the question, what does it look like for you to die to yourself? Here's some examples. Here's some ways. There's a desperate need. Especially men, you guys. That little boy in that elementary school who's nine years old, he needs you really bad. Die to yourself. Go read to him. Even if you work all the time, go talk to that principal, find out who that family is, and you can, you can go do it on a Saturday morning. Or you can go play wiffle ball in that kid's backyard on a Saturday morning. Die to yourself. Because whoever loves his life and, lo- and loses it, whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. For where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The Father will honor you. This is God. He created the universe. He's spoken into existence. And he just told you the way to receive the honor from him is to do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He willingly gave up his rights as God to come to this earth and live in our body, experience our pain, experience our confusion and our brokenness and our hurt and die a brutal death so that we might have life. You can be Jesus to someone Do it. Let's pray and then respond. Prayer time is going to look a little bit different right now. Typically, I pray and I say the same stuff over and over again, and you put your Bible away and rattle your keys and put your pen in your purse. Don't do that today. I'm going to start. We're going to pray. And what I want you to do is pray this specific prayer. God, what does it look like for me to die to myself? And then shut up and listen. And then we'll do all the putting your Bible away and rattling your keys and all that. So let's just pause for a second. And you ask God that question. And I'll give God some time to answer and then I'll pray. And then we'll do our normal routine. Ask God, what does it look like for you to die to yourself?
God, I thank you for your son Jesus and the example that he set for us. Dying to himself, Father, I pray for these people in this room that we would learn what it looks like to die to ourselves, Father. God, give us the the courage and energy and strength to go and do that. God, I pray that you would clearly articulate to these people what it looks like for them to die to themselves. And God, may we go and do that and be that. And God, may all of this come down to a reminder of your gospel to see your son Jesus, his perfect example of death to self that brings life. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray.